Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 47. It's now been 15 weeks, six days since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today is what I call a bonus episode. That means I go down to my local park and I pretty much just walk and talk with whatever's on my mind, not really knowing what I'm going to say, with a little less of reading the companion's comments, the brave companion's comments, because I'm not sitting down with my little book or with my phone to read them. But before I get going today, I did want to give a shout out to new listener and brave companion, Brandy. And last time I was walking around this park, I also kind of had the pathetic feelings about I had done an episode after I hurt my back and then I had like three or four days where you guys didn't comment and I felt like I was in the cone of silence. And so I also wanted to read some of how Michelle McKinney felt about that and how her progress is going before I get going with my walking and talking. So after we come back from listening to Josh's inspirational snippet of I'm letting go, I'm going to let go of all of this pain that I was feeling last episode and just talk to you guys. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a history that never really grows, I'm letting go, I'm letting go, it's a silent Thank you, Josh Woodward, for writing such a beautiful song and for letting everyone download it for free. That is so cool. Every time I hear that letting go snippet, it gives me the deep breath feeling. So any of the show notes on compulsiveovereatingdiary.com has a link to Josh's website where you can go find I'm Letting Go and download it for free. So today I do need to let go of some things. Mostly that feeling of guilt and shame that resulted from my story of episode 46. Now, those of you who haven't listened to episode 46, I'll just have to give you a brief recap later. But first, new listener and brave companion Brandy, with a B, not to be confused with Sandy, but Brandy, with a B, left me a comment on the, the, through the contact form on the website. Hey, girly, I wanted to say I just found you and downloaded the podcast, and I wanted to say how much I appreciate your transparency and to say I, too, have the genetic mutation that makes me think Tostitos are good medicine. You are much appreciated. Well, thanks, Braddy. I'm so happy that you came to join us, and I hope to hear more from you and that you will enjoy your time among us, the brave companions. I know I sure have. You know... The people I've met in person or with phone calls or through your comments or emails back and forth have been some of the best and most real conversations I've ever had. Now, in a way, I guess that might be pathetic, but not really. Because through your guys' input and my figuring out how I feel about what you tell me and how I feel about my life in general... I'm learning how to communicate so much more effectively. 
I'm learning to identify even how I feel so much more effectively. But before I go thinking about that, I wanted to read you a little bit of Michelle McKinney's comment to me after I walked around this park last time feeling sorry because nobody had been commenting to me. Here's Michelle Mack's comment on day 45. Hello, Lori. Oh, I felt so horrible when I listened to podcast 45 and learned you were feeling down about the lack of immediate responses and suffering from a back injury. The weekend was so busy for me. It was my 43rd birthday on Sunday, and I walked a 5K with girlfriends, plus spent the rest of the weekend away from my computer doing outdoor things and birthday celebration and birthday celebratory things. I felt so bad that you were feeling down about the lack of responses. I enjoy your podcast so much that I like to savor them, and I was still digesting podcast 43. Oh, I feel like a horrible new cyber friend. My apologies. Well, first and foremost, my dear Michelle Mack, happy birthday, and to all the rest of the Brave Companions, I want you to realize that I am delighted, happy as a clam. I'm dancing the happy joy dance that Michelle was out having a great time doing her 5K, being active outside, enjoying her birthday weekend and her friends. Nothing in the world could make me happier. And it does bring up a point that she says she felt like a bad cyber friend to me. Now, I know from communications and comments from you that you guys are also people pleasers and you're starting to become very attached to me. And so when I let you know that I feel disappointed about something that you think maybe you have done or have not done, that's hard for you guys and you take on responsibility for my feelings. No, my dear companions, my feelings are my feelings. If I hadn't been hurt and if I had had, you know, a wonderful birthday weekend going in my life, I shouldn't be sitting around going, where's the Brave Companions commenting? You guys might have been commenting saying, where's Lori? How come she's not commenting back to me? And I would have to say because I was off having fun or something, right? We all have our own lives and that's as it should be. The thing about my podcast is that I do tell you exactly how I feel and every one of those feelings are 100% my responsibility and my doing. And my people-pleasing gene goes around feeling bad. When you tell me you feel bad because you didn't comment because I said that I felt bad. But you know what? If you really felt bad about it, it's your right to say so. You know, I'm really getting convoluted. But I just want you to understand when I say these things, when I say anything, it's how I feel in that exact moment. And oftentimes our feelings are like the river and flow one thing to the next. And so even after I did that episode, I was feeling better. I had expressed myself. I thought it through. I realized that it wasn't because you don't love me, that it was because you're most likely busy. And guess what? Michelle and others who have commented since that is exactly what it was. It was on the weekend. They were out having fun or doing things or digesting all the heavy topics of other episodes that had come to that point. So I'm very, very happy, Michelle, for your nice comment. I'm even more and more happy that you are having a good time. Believe me, it's true. I wish, you know, 
No, I can't say that's true. I can't say I wish I had no comments for a whole week because that probably would freak me out. But if the reason I had no comments for an entire week was because every one of you were out having fun and a great time, I would be absolutely delighted and happy to hear that. Michelle then goes on to compliment my cheerful feet. She then goes on to compliment my cheerful photo for day 45 and to empathize with my expectation issues. But enough about me. Michelle continues about her recent progress. I'm feeling very good today about my food struggles. I ate well within my norm range. I ate well within my normal range during the week lunch party. I think it definitely helped that it was during the day. I think the abbreviation HALT, H-A-L-T, is very true for me, meaning try not to let yourself get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. It is during those times that you are most vulnerable to binge eating. I hope you are feeling better, and I can't wait to hear what your latest adventure is. Sending you love, and she says, Michelle too, because Michelle Mack, like me, is trying to differentiate herself from the other Michelle who is telling us about her therapy and a third Michelle who had stopped by to say hello to us. But this is Michelle McKinney and happy, happy birthday to you, Michelle McKinney. And thank you for your good wishes. And I'm pleased as punch that you did well with your party and that you again remind us about HALT. So I'll leave a link to Michelle's comment so you guys can go back and reread that for yourself. Okay, brave companions, now enough of the notes and I've closed my little book and shut the phone and now I'm going off for my test walk around the park without my cane. That's right, you heard me. I am now walking without the cane and I'm hoping that this does not turn out to be a complete disaster. So far I'm feeling pretty good. And one good thing about walking around the park is that I'm walking in soft sand or grass, which is pretty easy on the joints, and my back is feeling pretty good. So my husband, Mark, advised me that I leave my cane in the truck in case I get a little ways out on this walk and discover that, yes, I do need it. So far, so good, and I'm practicing because unless we have another scheduling snafu this week, I'm gonna come down here and walk around the park and talk on the phone with Alan Standish of Quit Binge Eating because he wanted to interview me while I'm walking around the park since walking is kind of my thing. So I went out and bought a really cool thing to set a Sony studio headphones that come with a built-in mic to them, which I can attach to my iPhone so that way I can stick the iPhone in my pocket and get pretty good sound for him to record. So I'm hoping that works out. If not, plan B is I'll run back to my house and we'll do an interview the old fashioned way with my regular recorder plugged into the, to the Mac over Skype. Yeah, I hear myself breathing a little bit harder than I normally would. I can certainly tell that it's been a couple of weeks since I've been hiking or walking with any kind of cardio intensity. Amazing how much difference that can do, how what that can do to you. But I also know that the minute that I can come back to walking, it won't take my body very long at this point to bounce back 
and feel good again. Who knows what I was talking about? I had to turn off my recorder for a coughing fit, partially because I'm down here at the park. It's just barely 7 a.m. in the morning right now because this is Sunday on Memorial Day weekend, which in America, Memorial Day celebrates the servicemen and women who gave their lives in the service of our country. And one way that you do that is you have whopping big picnics with all of your family. And so the families are already coming down here to reserve their picnic tables. And in an hour or two, this park is going to be filled to the gills with people having barbecues, kids playing, lots of fun things, but one that makes it hard for me to walk around unimpeded, you know, without running into somebody, and also makes it a little challenging to make sure that my sound will work out. So, that corresponds with my own energy, though. I'm a little bit earlier than I might be down here, so I don't know that I've woken up. I've not even had a single cup of coffee. I have been drinking plenty of water, had my green apple. So you might be hearing a few birds. You might be hearing other people as they're getting ready for their celebrations, cars as we go by the road, that kind of thing. But hopefully all of that won't matter and we'll have a nice chat. Now, to go back to episode 46, that was a real deep one, and those of you that listen to it know why. If you haven't, in brief, I have a long history of being a people pleaser, particularly to my family, extended family, and people back home where I'm from. And the other day, somebody wanted me to do something that I didn't want to really do for various reasons in the form of an emergency phone call. And for the first time in my life, I said no. And the emotional feelings that came from that were quite overwhelming, quite the tidal wave of grief and guilt and shame and all kinds of things. But instead of inviting in the robot aliens to beam me out of my body by way of binging and turning off my sensations, I chose instead to to say no, live with the feelings, and let them come. And as you guys could tell from the last podcast, uh, they came pretty good. And after I recorded it, as Sue commented just this morning, I hope you had a good cry, Lori. Well, yes, I did. <laughs> I had several. But the other thing that was the big blessing of this is my husband, Mark, is a guy in the past who doesn't really like to discuss feelings. Now that doesn't make him much of an odd duck, does it? <laughs> How many of you have husbands or know of guys that love to sit around discussing their feelings? There's not even that, no. I mean, women, in my experience, are more prone to sit around discussing their feelings. Sorry, Stefano, I don't mean to be sexist here, but guys usually aren't thinking that that's fun. Let's go have a cup of coffee and spill our guts. Not usually their thing. But in this case, because we have really been working on our communication since I started doing this show, and also thanks to some good advice from Brave Companion Sandy when we went out to dinner, 
Mark understood that it was important for me that he help me process these feelings and let me talk about it over and over again until which time as the feelings were out and I was more in an even keel. Now in the past, Mark would have felt really helpless and kind of like you guys kind of felt about the comments. Mark would have felt like, I can't fix this. Oh no, this makes me panicky, so Lori, shut up. Stop making me feel helpless. Now he wouldn't consciously know this, but this is the bottom line of it. Mark loves me very much. He wants to make my world really good and anything that might occur that he can't fix drives him insane and he doesn't want to be reminded of it. And you know, I think that's also true for me. Mark and I share a lot of this emotional bad habits in common, which is why in the past sometimes we would butt heads quite a bit. No, you did it. No, you. You're the bastard. You're the bitch, you know. But the bottom line is we do love each other. We do care. And because we're getting used to telling our true feelings, our communication is becoming more effective. And this is one of the biggest blessings of my entire life that Mark was able to tolerate me talking to him, asking him questions, talking about my past, talking about the current situation, talking it through, saying I feel this way. As an outside observer, can you tell me how much of this is in my mind, how much of it's real? Because <laughs> sometimes when you're deep in the thick of the emotions, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell what's, what's in your mind that's your perception only versus what's based on the facts, man. Now, I don't recommend that you turn your spouse or loved one or even your fellow brave companion into your therapist. But that's a lot what a therapist will do when you go to therapy is they will give you feedback a little bit about, you know, what your perceptions are. They'll support you in your feelings, help you develop other plans and ideas, but they also act as kind of, well, here's the facts to help you sort this out. Because when you're deep in an emotion, sometimes very hard to sort this out. But Mark, God bless him, acted this way for me for the next couple of days. Until now, I do still have some residual grief, but mostly I have relief. Mostly I feel light, kind of light like a feather, like a big weight, literally, like a huge anchor is taken off of my neck. But it did come through a great deal of grief processing and shame processing and realizing that I cannot control how anyone thinks of me, no matter how unjustly I feel that feeling is, right? Because just as I demand and expect the right to feel however I feel, they have the right to feel however they feel. What they don't have the right is to expect me to do something, you know, because they want me to. Everyone in the world has the right to ask you to do anything. They can ask all they want, but they have to accept if you say no. And for us, people pleasing, we have to practice saying no unless we want 
to say yes. And as we have said before, sometimes you might say, sometimes you might say yes. Sometimes you say yes, because it's a heck yes, I'd love to. Like when Sandy texted us and said, how would you like to go out for dinner to our favorite Mexican restaurant? Well, that wasn't tough to say yes. Was that people pleasing to, to give in to Sandy? No, because both Mark and I would love to have gone out to dinner and we did. So that was like an easy, easy yes. But let's say that we weren't feeling very well or didn't want to or for some reason just had Mexican dinner and we said, well, we're only going to go because Sandy wants us to and we said yes. Well, that wouldn't have been a heck yes. That would have been a, okay, well, we're going to go because Sandy wants us to. And that may or may not be all right emotionally. Now, let's say, because we had just gone bike riding with Sandy and that was the first time that Mark met Sandy, let's say that Mark wanted to be with Sandy and know her better enough that he didn't mind at all having Mexican dinner twice. So even though it wasn't a heartfelt heck yes, it still would have been a yes that was in his best interest to do that type of thing. But let's say that Mark and I really, really didn't want to have Mexican dinner. And let's say Mark didn't really, really want to go out with Sandy. He wanted to do something else that he wanted to do. And I twisted his arm. Oh, come on, Mark, let's go out. Let's go out. And you just need to do this for me because, you know, Sandy's my friend and I want you as my husband to go. And so then he's kind of like, okay, yes, all right, I'll do That is a bad yes. <laughs> okay, now, to put the facts straight, sorry, Sandy, for using you as an example. Sandy was a heck yes on both of our parts. We hadn't been for Mexican dinner. We wanted to have Mexican dinner. We both wanted to spend time with Sandy. It's kind of like a great plan to us both. And so that was an example of the easy yes, the one that is a good psychological, emotional yes, the yes that puts peace in your life. Now, sometimes someone would ask you to do something that maybe you don't necessarily want to do, but you see that it is truly in your heart of hearts the correct and right thing to do, or because you have such regard for a person even though it would give you a little discomfort or inconvenience or whatever it is, you make a choice in your heart, I will say yes. And while it isn't a heck yes, it still feels good in your heart and in your gut because you made a decision and then you go ahead and do that thing. Now, if you ever find yourself doing something and not feeling good in your heart, that means you said yes when it should have been a no. <laughs> and this situation that I had, if I had said yes to the person who called me, that would have been one of the very, very, very worst yeses to have said because I didn't feel it was right in any way for me. I didn't really feel it was right given the light of the situation so while I understood the request and why it occurred, if I had done that, it would have put Mark and me as a family in financial jeopardy. It would have put us in emotional jeopardy, especially me. It would not have been a good thing for our family, me and Mark. 
our little nuclear family, he and I and our little cat babies. And I made the choice to put my nuclear family, Mark and me and the little cat babies, first. That was the big deal. That was the thing that puts me on my own bravery report because that was tough to do. Now, that was the emotional backstory and there was another recap of people pleasing and the versions of no and yes and all that. Let me go back to the facts of the case and let you know that my instinct and thoughts were right. There were two kind of different seemingly emergency situations that were happening. Both of them at this point are completely resolved and everyone's at peace and I didn't need to go there at all. My role was all phone calls and that type of thing and coordinating with people that were on the scene and doing what I could do from here, which is something I did feel comfortable saying yes to versus the first plan, which involved me physically taking my body in an emergency way back home. So that situation is a huge lesson to me, huge, because I was all in knots, feeling guilty, crying my eyes out, feeling badly, feeling like a bitch, feeling selfish, feeling all the horrible things you're scared you're gonna feel, which is why you say yes sometimes, or why you eat a whole bunch to make sure you don't have to feel this horrible. But that was in my head. I said no, and the world didn't stop spinning. The world went on, everything was fine. It turned out fine. Now there were some steps we all took to make sure that happened, but it didn't involve what the person requested of me. I didn't have to do that for the situation to become resolved. So my lesson is listen to your own gut, Lori, and put yourself first, really really do that because let's say I had given in and I'd spent the money and went up there and got myself in a worse emotional case what about the time when a real true emergency occurs and I don't have the resources to do that emotional or financial then that would have made everything worse right it's best to kind of know when to hold them and know when to fold them it's good to be able to know when to say yes and when to say no. And it's good, just like I'm exercising my heart muscle now to try to put it back on track with my exercise goals, it's good to exercise your saying no muscle. Because I'm sure after this first time, if something similar occurs again, I will be much less fearful I still will probably have some residual guilt and sadness, but I think I will be able to say no much more easily. And if I could say no in this situation, I think I could say no in other situations also more easily. In fact, I don't think I would have had the balls at all to say no in this situation if we hadn't have had the different episodes where I think about my people pleasing, think about why I do things, think about how come this is really kind of a crazy idea 
to think that I, Lori, can save the world and, and wear my Superman cape all the time and, and let my insides turn into jelly. That's just crazy talk there. And, and now, thanks to this podcast, since you guys let me kind of talk, you let me think my thoughts and talk my thoughts, and then I listen to it again, so I find out what the heck I was thinking. And really, that is one of the most powerful things of this whole show, from my point of view, besides getting to meet you all and having fun and supporting you and feeling happy that I'm doing something worthwhile in the world. I get to find out what I'm thinking. Like you can imagine, I'm going, oh, aha, that makes sense. Good for you, Lori, because when I'm talking and walking, I'm not really listening. I'm just letting it spill, right? This is the stuff that's underneath my emotions that would normally make me go for the chips <laughs> or make me feel celebratory or whatever it is. These are the hidden things that the space aliens have been protecting me from. And instead of letting the space aliens turn off my emotions for the most part, I've been taking hikes, walking in the park, sitting in Descanso, looking at the cool Zen places, and letting the feelings come. How scary that has been my entire life. Letting the feelings come. Let them be what they are. And that's why some days I'm down here saying, Yahoo, I'm great, I'm celebrating, I got into iHeartRadio, or I met Sandy, or this is a really great thing, or Mark and I went to Vegas and I had a good time with my friends. And sometimes I'm going like, oh, you guys didn't put a comment on my blog for three whole days. Or I'm scared, or I have to admit that I feel I didn't handle this right whatever the feelings are. And notice, for me, it's worked for all of them. The good ones, the bad ones, the shame ones. You know, my biggest fear, I guess, is that this is going to become boring as I'll get out for all of you. But then, so what? I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way, but as long as my recording this is helping me live a better life, and to deal with things so that food is not my drug, that food is my pleasure, and my friends are the point, and my family is the point, and my relationships is the point, it's all good. Wow, I'm gonna have to listen to that one over and over because the true point of my diary, besides recording my progress, besides being an adventure, is for me, to learn about myself, for me to know who is this Lori? Because I've worn so many masks and I've been so many mirrors and I've been a chameleon. I've been all kinds of people depending on who needed me to be something. And you brave companions are kind of getting to know who Lori is under all of that. In fact, you have an advantage since most of you do not know me in person. I have no reason to pretend to be anything for you other than what I am, there's, there's no reason to do that. <laughs> and so I don't. And it's amazing to me that I can spend, what is it, almost four months now, spending time in my own head, expressing my own heart, and feeling however I feel. And I think, brave companions, that my best wish for you is the same. 
So today, as we go out listening to Josh's wonderful song, I wish that for you. Today, be who you are, however that is. Feel how you feel, whatever that is. Know that it's safe to express that around here. And take really good care, because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. And there I'll sit, I'll admit that I was only just a guest inside my skin. And by the dawn, I'll be gone and won't be holding on to anything again. I'm letting go. I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go. I'm letting go.